0: So here's the thing. I am game to take questions and comments on other fears. What are common fears? But here's the first fear that I overcame with my links and my online marketing. So with network marketing, I start. I was nineteen, twenty. You know, three hundred dollars starter kit, one hundred and fifty dollars of pills a month, whatever. Okay. So somehow I saw residual income. You know, I bought the thing. I got the T-shirt. You know, I was pumped up. I was going to get the cars and the cruises and everything. I bought my friends their packages. I was terrified. And I didn't like approaching my friends and family. I thought it was really corny. It didn't feel right. Now, someone could come back and say, well, Mark, if you really believed in your product, you would approach all your friends and family. It's a moral obligation because that product is so good, it's going to save their lives. Well, okay. But the catch is there's 10 millions of other people that I just don't feel awkward with at all talking to. None at all. And so what I did when I went online is I said, okay, Online marketing is here now, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to be on fire online because the only people that see my face, that hear my voice, that watch my links are people that opt in and want to be there. They step into the store. Okay, so here's here's what a lot of problems are. You've got to see your brand as kind of like a storefront. And your content, whatever your content is, podcasts, Facebook lives, ads, they're just flashing lights that invite people into the store for a warming experience. It's a friendly experience. They come in and they're going to get a decent experience, okay? So they come in, they get a decent experience, and then they look around, they get to touch and taste a little bit. And as a digital marketer, you got to realize people on the other side of the screen cannot touch They cannot taste. They can do nothing but deal with information as we portray it across the screen. So they can't touch and handle and and sample. The only kind of samples they can get are your words, are the visuals you provide them. Okay? This is key. This is why all marketing online is information marketing. Even if you're selling a truck, you're selling information marketing. How do you position and posture that information? Do you show, do you show the underbelly of the truck? Do you show the wear on the tires? Like on eBay, they do a great job. And the the power sellers on eBay have a ton of different angles of pictures of their physical products, but ultimately realize every buyer is sitting there only consuming information before they purchase. Okay? Do you guys get what I'm saying on that? Send me a little bit of love if you understand that. Because that is the, that is just primary knowledge. Okay? So they come into your store and what your content does is kind of warms them up and welcomes them and let them know that the salesmen aren't going to attack them, that they can come here and feel comfortable. They can even come in and walk out and not buy stuff and come back and buy later, and they're not going to get attacked and they're not going to get harassed and they're not going to get bombarded. And they're because here's this. What a lot of you, what a lot of people do in this industry, it is because of fear. But here's the thing: I want to attack, I want to address an attack and kind of I want to take a fear that might be this big in your head because fear is actually spatially held in our head. I want you to think of, well, I don't want to put you in a state of fear, but here's the thing. Fear, when we're in fear, it literally occupies the spatial. If I were to say try to find where your fear is when you think of you don't have any money, there's more bills coming in, I'm already in debt, holy shit, the ship is going down. It actually, you feel it here. It's it, it encompasses almost your entire brain. And if it's intense enough, you feel it in your belly. So it's spatially held. So if you can shrink that fear and remove that fear, like one one NLP trick that I've done before, and I'm just telling the world because I don't care. I've done this. I've taken a fear, and I've literally, it's like occupied all of me. And I take it, and so it's like the size of a basketball. And then I take it like here, and then it's the size of a softball. And then I take it here, and it's the size of a racquetball. And then I take it here, and it's the size of a ping pong ball. And then I go like this, and I flick it, and it becomes a butterfly. Okay, I know this sounds very gay, and that's okay. Gay as in bright, happy, light, you know, 1800. And it flies up into the sky, and it pops in a bright thing of light. Now, just doing that, some of you right now, just doing that, literally felt better. You don't even know why you felt better. You just felt better, okay? And that's called neuro-linguistic programming. And if you have a fear, and this is just a tactic. It's not like the ultimate root cause. You're still dealing with stuff internally. But if you really want to learn how to kind of like screw around with your fears when you have them, literally just kind of spatialize them, shrink them, top them and convert them into value so if it converts into value then it can rain down like a like a crystal of wisdom and you can say what's the lesson what did i do to attract that fear how did i bring this into my life how did i cause this to happen or or if i didn't cause it to happen what's the wisdom i can gain from this and your whole perspective on that can turn from negative to positive okay so this is this is a little trick you can kind of play with a little bit but anyway back to me and my story and for those of you who don't know my story big deal doesn't matter here's the thing when i went online so i I did the network marketing thing and i really the friends and family thing was just not my cup of tea i was not good at it i felt it was manipulative because i had i had like social credit with a lot of people and i didn't like using my influence and my trust in any way that can be perceived as manipulative and so with just in my world now People that do the warm market stuff, the hot market stuff, and they kill it. They crush it. Just my ergonomic nature. And in Hebrew, the word for work is ergon. Ergon, if you extend it and it comes over to English, modern English, it means ergonomics. And you were designed, your work should fit your soul. Okay? Your work that you're designed for is not, it's not, we're not, we're not homogenized people. Well, factory workers want to make us, the Industrial Revolution brought the idea of homogenized person. Come in, do this, sit on that conveyor belt, do that, do that, do that, do that. that. And it really dehumanized the soul in a great extent. Ergon, the idea of work in Greek, is that you're literally doing a calling. And in the Old Testament, the idea is vocation, which is literally God whispering, God speaking, voca, vocal, whispering to you what you should do. So you want to be, you, you know, if you're spiritual or you have, like, religious intonations of any kind, you know, it's D.L. Moody said, if you're going to have a partner, make God your partner. You know, ask him for blessing. Ask him for insight. These kind of things at whatever level. Now, you can get weirdo on all that stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You want your work to ergonomically fit your soul. And so for me, clocking mm-hmm. in at 9, Clocking out at five, having someone tell me I have three weeks of vacation, I have four weeks of vacation. If I'm a good boy, they'll give me an extra treat and I'll get a bump in raise. For me, that was just ergonomically repulsive. Now, I'm an entrepreneurial breed, so it's repulsive to me. For somebody else, it's a dream job. And that's okay. There's no moral superiority because you're an entrepreneur. We get it. Our industry has a lot of pride in thinking that everyone should be an entrepreneur. The last thing I would advise anyone to be on the world is something they're not made to be. Okay. Now, in your to- now, how do you find out what you're made to be? I would say you open up your heart. You chase into your bliss as hot as you can. And when you find your bliss and you can crack your bliss open, then you have indefatigable strength and you have a renewing energy every morning because you're working inside of a bliss. If you're just working for money, you, you lose energy, okay? You actually lose energy even as you make money. It feels like, ugh, this is just, grindy is the word because it's not ergonomically set up in your life. All right? Give me some love if you're getting value right now. Show me some love across the screen. Like I got love hearts. I love seeing that people are, are vibing in what I'm saying here. It helps me keep going. That's my fuel. That's kind of how this one works. So all that said, um, this is one. Okay, I love this. At least on one of these pages. Okay, I'm looking at, look at the stream of love. Now, here's what you would also do. This is a sidebar on, on how you can really... Visualize yourself into bliss. Now, let's pretend you're doing content. Like, I'm a content creator. It's what I do, it's how I get paid. I've done, you know, from ideas up here, we've generated over $20 million over the last decade. And I'll tell you the quote that made that happen. The quote that made that happen was in Tony Robbins' book that he said, People overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. And so, in my vision, I said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Win, lose, or die. I was willing to live at the mission. This is actually true. I was willing to live in a FEMA trailer. This is, I wasn't, okay, so this isn't like, I'm going to try this for 90 days, and if I don't make my investments back, I'm, it doesn't work, and I'm out of here. You don't deserve to succeed if you got a 90-day runway on your freaking life vision. Get, you like, come on. So, like, come on, a vision, is something you believe you're called into. It deserves, in my opinion, it deserves all of us. It deserves our whole self. It deserves our whole effort. But anyway, people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. That's Tony Robbins 101, and it's huge. Also, a thing that another sentence from Evan Pagan that changed my entire life, my entire business life. And I heard it from Jonathan Budd, so Jonathan Budd through Evan, and Evan probably from some secret spiritual master on some billionaire yacht. He said, your very first million dollars, and I've repeated this many times because I want you to see that when you're putting in eight to ten hours that you're going to put in anyway, why not be a millionaire if you're going to be in this industry? Because it's, it's really, truly no more difficult. To earn millions. Well, I know I am not even kidding. I wish I was kidding. It's a lot harder to earn two hundred dollars a day and stress yourself to death and try to figure out how to do this stuff than actually make good money. It's way less stressful to make good money. It's just way less stressful to make a lot of money. All things being equal, all things being equal. So it doesn't affect your moral caliber. You don't become a you know pagan guy or whatever your fears are that money. so fears, we talked about fears today, a lot of fears, and I'll tell you my fears, I'll tell you my early fears, and I still have little fears that are so hilarious that I I catch myself and I'm still laughing that I have these fears. So here's one of the fears I had in the early days, and I'm not shitting you, I thought, well, if I get really wealthy, I don't know how to do taxes, and they're going to take so much of my money in taxes. I had a friend, and I've, I've shared this story a few times, but a bunch of people are new here. Um, one of my dear friends, I was going over my tax bill, right? And I'm going over my tax bill, and it's 196000 bucks. I got it cash to pay it off in a stroke of a check. It was way higher than I thought, but I had the cash for it. And my friend comes over. Now, my friend has just seen me go from literally in a mobile home, qualifying for welfare, where I was sleeping on a bed that had a broken mattress, so it was sunk down, terrible on our back. As an adult, the trailer park we lived in, the water was – we got a letter from the state saying the water was unsuitable for drinking and children, so I had to buy Culligan water, and I would go to bed as a grown man with two children and a pregnant wife thirsty in America as a grown man. So he knew these stories. He knew how broke I was, and I'm not shitting you. This is not a fictional account that I'm about to tell you. He came in, and when I showed him, like, there's my tax bill, and I said, you know, they used to talk about how rich people get all these breaks, and I mean, I should get a parade down Main Street for funding all these programs. Like, I should. they should make posters of me around town. Like, I'm about to get 200 grand right now, right? And so I was, I was laughing about it. And he goes, oh, I'd never do that. Never. <laughs> he, would, he would never pay 200000 in taxes. He knew I had no money. I struggled. It was terrible. And then he sees my tax bill, and just the thought of it, he's like, oh, get out of here. Never. <laughs> you know, but I was scared early on out of fear that if I made a bunch of money, I wouldn't understand the tax name. And that's what CPAs are for. You know, that's what, you have money, then, so this, it was a total false fear, and then I had, so that's, that's just one of my fears, another fear that I had was, um, one fear I didn't have, and this is an important one for you guys online, most of you are complete strangers, so I looked at best case and worst case scenarios, leaning on best case thinking, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put myself online. And I just believe that I'm going to cast a a vibration, a kind of like sound chord resonance into the web. And people, you know, like a C chord, like if I hit a C, like 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 a bell, and I hit a C chord, and there's a C bell over here. It doesn't even have to touch, but it's actually touching. It's just invisible. And we have a hard time understanding that invisible things are real and physical. Invisible things are physical. You, you got to understand this, because if there's two tuning forks, and I hit C here, and I don't touch this one, even though it's invisible, it physically starts ringing, and this one starts doing this. And they both ring, even though um, we can't see it. You know, you can't see the wind. You can see the effects of the wind, but you can't see it. It doesn't mean it's not physical. The wind can make you colder, hotter, warmer, wind and blow your hat off, whatever. And so as soon as we understand that everything invisible is physical, realities of the spiritual life become much more friendly to us. They become less awkward. They become more realistic. They become easier. But what I believed was that I was going to hop online and I was going to cast a, really, it was kind of like a prosper chord. It was a freedom chord. I was going to sing a song of freedom. I was going to sing a song of being able to work from a laptop and a cell phone in a cigar bar or a coffee shop or a beach in Hawaii. I was going to be able to travel and earn automated income. I was going to leverage. I was casting a song. That's all I thought I'd do. And I thought, you know what? And that song, although some people will will hear it and, you know, comment and hate on it, most people will either, it won't hit them. So if they're not an entrepreneur, my song goes right through them. It, it, It doesn't affect them. There's no resonance. But I knew that America is the land of opportunity. I knew that the Internet was coming, and it was coming in a big way. And we haven't even started, guys. We haven't even started the internet revolution. We haven't even started digital marketing. This is the first gen. We're like Abraham and Isaac and Joseph in the Old Testament. This stuff is not going to go away from the earth for tens of thousands of years. Do you guys understand this? We were the first generation in humankind to have digital electronic entrepreneurship. And right now, the barrier to entry to become an entrepreneur is so low that anybody can become an affiliate on Amazon or you can become an affiliate for anything and and radically change your life. Plus, the access to the teachers, you can now be mentored by multimillionaires for free on a Facebook Live. Back in the day, when I was a kid, I wanted to start something like this. And I was going to do a tape of the month. I was 18. What was I going to talk about? I don't even know. I remember I sat and I, I recorded. I pressed record on the tape. And the first one was like yellow. Think of the color yellow. Spot- it was like the dumbest thing in the world. But I was a kid. So being dumb is like that's, the, that's what you do. But anyway, I thought it was so dumb. But I, had, I would have to buy ads all over newspapers. It really expensive ones all over the country. And then I would have to produce cassette tapes by the thousands, and then I'd have to mail them, and they'd have to mail a check to me. And today, people, you, us, me, we can do a Facebook Live, drop a link, and make $1,000, boom, $2,000, boom. Do you guys understand how simple this is? There are principles that you've been avoiding that are right there, and there's fears. The only thing, if you're an entrepreneur now, if you're not an entrepreneur and you're watching this, you don't even care what I'm saying you're actually probably going to, eh, 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 It's just, eh. it's just this kind of like, eh, 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 eh. But But that's okay. Go study and learn from whoever's the kings of whatever space you're in. And don't worry about our lives as entrepreneurs, as digital marketers. But anyway, here's what I did. I went online and I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm, Here's the best case scenario. I go online and I start singing my song, and I, and I learn how to sing it better. The 4-Hour Workweek was the first book that really lit me on fire. So I start singing this song, and all of a sudden, people out there, remember the tuning fork, I sing the thing of freedom, time freedom, automation, leverage, digital products, drop shipping. I mean, we will look back, historians will look back at these last decade, at this last decade, and say, just as the Industrial Revolution, kids study it, and they say, oh my gosh, you mean moms and dads used to just have their own businesses, and the kids would be at home and all go to a small school, and, and then they'd have dancing and fiddle songs on Friday nights, and, and then everyone started shuttling and driving to a, a warehouse? a city, and then they just, they punched a clock, and so then all the men and women started punching clocks, and then the government school system came in to basically act in a, in a way as a government babysitter, so the parent, two parents could work, and then the divorce rates went from barely zero, from not zero, but very low, to an obvious common sense default, default, now listen, I could be easily divorced, at least three to four times, Shani and I just somehow through Absolute mercy have not been divorced. <laughs> okay, we have plenty, plenty of reasons to separate, and so I forgive you. A note, if you're divorced, please don't feel that I'm doing anything. I'm just saying, culturally, as an anthropologist, I'm speaking as an anthropologist, not as a personal attacker right now. But they're going to look back and say this: this whole industrial revolution it kind of like really did weird things, right? And historians in a hundred years. We'll talk about how the internet came, this, in, this interweb thing came, and all these people who used to punch clocks and all this stuff, all of a sudden there was a huge movement back to the urbans, back to the farms, back to private living, back to a, a more boutique custom life. That's why we have thousands of people on Etsy that make a full-time income doing what they love in their craft. That wasn't possible a decade ago. So we're in the middle of a history that's being written right now. And if you're an entrepreneur, um, this is one of the greatest feeding frenzies of all time. And it's only starting. It's only picking up. We don't. Most of us don't even know that we're in a sharp, extreme exit from the Industrial Revolution, the Technological Revolution, we're in like a thing that hasn't even been named yet, I don't think. i got to read a little more sociology and catch up in anthropology and see what people are calling this age that we're in. It's been called the information age, but that was old. It's been called the technological age. I think this might be the entrepreneurial age. 80% of millennials want their own business. Now, 80% of millennials also just want to make money, sit on the couch, bitch, whine, and complain, and, you know, it's just an interesting generation. Regardless, I work with some really fine millennials that are very ambitious, and I think some of the most ambitious guys in the world, actually, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the millennials, but uh, oh my gosh, my buddy, speaking of millennials, and if I, have, I, I have a ton of millennials that consume my content, so I love you guys, you know what I'm saying, but let's get real, your generation is very interesting. So there was a millennial who sent me a Snapchat of his Halloween costume for tonight, and he was wrapped up in bubble wrap. And he had a hat on, and so right here it said millennial, and right here it said offended. (laughs) And so he was going as a millennial, walking, and he's going to walk to these parties. He needs bubble wrap because everything offends him. Everything makes him outraged. So anyway, the digital revolution, it could be called the digital revolution. I think it's more of an entrepreneurial revolution, though. Um, In the 80s, there was 500 millionaires. Today in America we have over 11 million millionaires. This is in a 20-year span. We go from 500 to 11 million? Yeah, but inflation, oh, come on, not that much. Right? So I think in this one will go down as an independent entrepreneurial revolution and you're in the middle of it right now. Like we we I don't think we're in the middle. I think we're at the start. Because the barriers of entry are getting easier. Think of Shopify. How many tens of thousands of people have Shopify accounts? Think of Etsy. Think of eBay. Think of our niche. It's literally out of control. And years ago, when I just got started, I was the only person that anybody in my sphere of influence knew that was sitting at home, driving a nice car, making a six-figure income. And I would say prophetically, and it's not prophetically, it's just if you look at the trend of technology and the vibe and the speed and everything that was going, I said in the next five years, there will not be a single person in America, not one human being in America who has, who doesn't personally know, as long as they're not like homebound on hospice or something. There's not a single person in five to six, I was like in five to six, seven years, there will not be a single person in America who does not personally know somebody who is a six-figure earner and doesn't have a boss and they work digitally from home. And that sounded like I was singing a revolutionary lunatics song. It sounded like a crazy song. But what happened is the resonance thing, ding, and then the freedom chord, that that rang out. And so many people vibe with it. That's just my story. But here's the thing. So many more people will vibe with it. There's tens of thousands of people that if they heard this, they would go, holy shit, I didn't even realize this. For instance, let me tell you how you can build and stack wealth so greatly. Last week and the week before, I did a couple of YouTube videos, three to 4,000 views. You know, The Chris Record thing came out, and that had – I haven't checked for a while, but that thing might have 10,000. It's probably got 10,000 views. So – in a sense, I am actively in the marketplace. That'd be that was a half an hour. My other training was forty-five minutes. I don't have the math on it, but if you took let's just say you did you did ninety minutes, and not every view is a watch, I understand that, but many people are on full time. You just calculate the leverage of time that I'm actively inside the marketplace. I'm dropping links, I'm sharing things of my products and doing this and that and the other thing. My working, market-facing working, was a minimum, a minimum of 5,000 hours last week. 5,000 hours of me working in what I call Android work, Android earning, where the human body is doing something else. Or the, sorry, the physical human body is doing something else, but the ghost in the spirit is captured in the digital world and just keeps pumping and, pumping and 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 working 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 and working. Just do the math on wealth. When you have a pay, when you have a wage job, or you get paid hourly, or you get paid for um, a wage. You can work 12 hours that day and you get the same wage. You can work six hours that day and say your kid got sick and you get the same thing. So why would I ask you to dream? That'd be that'd be kind of mean. Now you can also, when you're in a profits are better than wages thing, you want to ask, or if you're in an hourly wage thing, the only way you can double your income is work twice as hard. You have to put in twice the hours. Now when you're a digital marketer, all that requires more nuance on how to leverage technology you can have an ad that's playing 24 7 24 7 never stopping never stopping and then they go to a sales video and it never stops and so just look at the math people will say well how on earth could you make $300,000 in an hour which I've done how on earth is that possible I said well it's because there was about 15,000 hours Of presentation given in that hour. They went to a sales video. There was about 15,000 viewers watching a sales video at one time. And so, however many people at 500 bucks a pop get purchase. It's the math of money. And a lot of us think it's like, oh, if I think it, if I pray it, it's a tactic. It's a strategy. You have to understand automation. All right, so let me wrap this thing up. Give me some hearts and love if you've got value today. And if there's comments below, here's what I'd love you to do. I'd love you to write the one or two of your top takeaways that you've gotten from this session. Because when you share, it actually releases you a little bit. It releases your content creating. And if you get good at content creator, you can become an authority. And when you become an authority... Authority means author. You get to start writing your life. Authority, the root word is author. The idea of author is authorship. It goes back to a, to an owning and to a writing and to a create. It's a creative sense. Authority is not something that is granted. We think authority and we think coercive governments and jerky principles and sometimes we think of authorities in kind of a ugly, ugly way, and we think of it as a dominating kind of domineering thing. But authority, in its root word, in its pure radical nature, means the power to author, the power to create. All right? And so, this is, yeah, Troy, this is a little deep. So, anyway, Andrea, I am back. I've been pretty ill for about four years. And, uh,. Really, I just didn't have a lot of heart to talk about this stuff because I was ill, and that's all there is to it. I was really ill, so anyway. But I'm not. Well, here all I got now is brand new energy, and I'm really pumped and stuff. And do I consider myself a millennial? I am 39, so I don't know what I don't even know. What am I, Gen X? And they thought we were going to be a bunch of losers too. And then they think every generation is going to be a bunch of losers. So when I'm harping on the millennials, I have enough perspective to realize. They thought the baby boomers were just going to be a bunch of hippies, weed-smoking losers. And the baby boomers were some of the most conservative. They were great on retirement. They were very uh, amazing characters. They went through the first generation of massive divorce, and they dealt with it. Rose families without books. Like they, They're an amazing generation, the baby boomer generation. But when they were coming up, the previous generation thought they were just going to be a bunch of losers. And then Gen X, we loved... You know, we loved music like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and it was just like bleh, music kind of. It wasn't optimistic. They thought we were going to be a bunch of losers. And, you know, then now you got a bunch of my friends. I don't know. Most of my friends are doing pretty well at night. And so then there's millennials and then there's Gen Wires, And the Gen Wires are even younger. And I think the Gen Wires are actually going to be amazing because, the baby boomers were kind of an absentee parenting crowd. So the Gen Xers who are our age, they tend to be hovering mothers that are total fathers are every football practice. They're on every coach, if the coach or the teacher or anything, they're super psychotic on their kids. So those Gen Y kids are going to grow up and say, I'll be damned if I screw up my kids with overparenting." And I think it's a little freedom. So this is how culture, uh, it does, it waves like this. It just kind of waves, and we are who we are a lot based on our culture. But anyway, I would love, as you share, um, as you share, it kind of opens you up and also gives you a little bit of exposure on here. You know what I mean? Why is it that you feel that way about the generation, from anthropology or sociology question? Um, whatever. And, and really, ultimately, you can look at a generation, and you have to stereotype in order to to be anthropological or sociological, you have to stereotype. It's it's an absolute requirement, but it's, you know, but, oh, you're stereotyping. So here's the thing. Ultimately, you want to paint with a broad brush on generations, but then when you're sitting next to somebody, like, I'm, you know, I spend a lot of time with Jaden, Jordan, Matt, Tyler. These guys are some of the best guys in the world. I would say they have near-perfect integrity as much as a man can have. I would say they will work as hard as any other man or woman I've ever met. And so no matter what generation someone's in, you don't you, – that's what prejudice is, is you take a stereotype and you assume it on a person. So you can have general knowledge of a stereotype, and it helps you navigate through the world a little bit. But then ultimately when you're dealing with an individual, if you read and label there, that's when shit gets ugly. So it's better to just cast that stuff off. All right, so all that stuff. I have God, I'm 30 minutes late for a meeting. I gotta go. Love you guys. Peace. Oh, yeah, Let me. Let me leave on this. If you want, if you want me to have someone from the team personally send you what we're up to, is we're up to something. Okay, we're up to some big. We're, I'm not going to say what we're up to. We're just up to something, and I'm teaching people how to build an invisible empire. And remember, everything invisible is physical. And so if you want to know about that, private message me on any of these pages and just say Empire, question mark. And I will get back to you with stuff that we have going on. And I'll share some links. But I don't want to blast links out right now. That's not what I want to do. So if you private message me on either one of these modalities that you watch, I'm going on three. So like right now, I've actually got those two screens going. And then right now, for this, just to give you a little visual, I've got – this stuff going on i got my phone going on and that going on and so i've got three different pages kind of rocking and rolling right now and i guess if you're on this laptop let me try this little game Ah, so this is what i got going on gang i got my phone going on i got that going on but anyway we got a really ambitious awesome team that can serve you so i am independent i'm fiercely independent i want to teach you how to be the same if you're interested in jacking up your invisible empire and learning how to do this stuff and learning how to do it really well with some class. Hopefully some class. That's arrogant. But hopefully we have class. Just private message, empire question mark. And someone from our team will get back to you. And we're real people. This is another thing. Link hiders like to hide. Why? Because they're terrified. We like our people. And here's the best case. I'm going to wrap this up with fear. Here it is. Gosh, this was going to be like 20 minutes, and I'm going way too long. But here's the deal. Um, Here's how I looked at best case scenario. I said, I'm going to throw myself online. I'm going to sing my song. And only the people that resonate with it will will be attracted to it. And this industry... Has produced Now, I have some lifer friends <coughs> that are such good friends that I would die for them and they would die for me that I grew up with. And I have family that there's nothing like it. But I will tell you, by peer numerics, I have more best friends in the best friend category that have came from this industry. Rash, you were just on here a little bit. Fortner. Jay Bud. Carrie's on here. Not a best friend. Andrea. There's so... I could just flip through here and look at these names. Jeremy. I mean, there's so many people that have become my best friends all over the world because I just said, fuck fear. I really did. And I'm not apologizing for that. That's what I said. I literally threw the middle finger up to fear and I started singing. Okay? And it has provided me my best friends and it has given my family not only wealth i never dreamed of but on top of wealth i never dreamed of it's given me a social network and it's given my children my children have gotten christmas presents from clients because they appear so often in our videos so you guys you know see here's what i'm saying when you go online there's there's really nothing to fear because Unlike your friends, and here's, your, here's the funny thing with your friends and family. You approach them with an awkward pitch to do the gussied-up soup drink or whatever. Here's the funny part. They're only going to be annoyed for like 10 minutes, and then they'll see it at Thanksgiving, and it's over. And for a lot of people, there's a secret admiration that, hey, at least this guy tried to get out of this matrix. At least this girl thought about getting out of this shit show of just wage slave. At least they gave it a world. There's actually a secret admiration that goes to it. Okay, so even even that has a positive touch on it. But anyway, I'd love to see comments. There's a lot of comments that are coming through, so I appreciate that. And I uh, love you guys. Okay, that's a wrap. So thank you for listening. And here's the short story. If you are resonating, kind of vibing with some of the stuff I'm throwing down, I have a $37 refundable, no tricks, no gimmicks, no shenanigans, one-time offer for you to hop over at empire1000.com. And I have a little game created called Eight Figure Launchpad. And if you're interested in some of this online marketing or even not even online marketing, just entrepreneurship at large, I have a seven or eight level game. Jaden, how many levels is that game? I forget. I believe it's seven levels. Okay, it's seven levels. It's 37 bucks. It's 100% guaranteed. If you don't love it, all you do, we have easy refunds. We do not hassle. We love our buyers. We love you. And really, it's just a simple touch to actually possibly get in to building yourself a digital business. One that can give you lifestyle, freedom, um, a ceilingless wealth capacity. If you're creative, there's products you can make on on dogs on painting on mothering on fathering on just it never ends and so i just want to introduce you to the world it's 37 bucks less than a pair of shoes less than a meal out less than a uh, day at the movies empire1000.com that's e m p i r e 1000.com now here's what happens as soon as you buy that you're going to be sent to login. Now, better than that, as soon as you buy it, you're going to be sent into our private Facebook group. Now, that group has over a thousand people in it. It's bumping. It's fun. And you get to interact with people like-minded all over the country and the world. I think the real value is getting added to the Facebook group. It's private. I do a lot of secrets, not secrets, <laughs> secret. I don't do secret stuff in there, but I do stuff that's exclusive just inside that group. You're going to get first access to our live events, which are all over our mansion masterminds, which are at some of the best properties in real estate in the world. And I really want to, I want to tempt, as you can tell, I'm working here. $37 one time, empire1000.com. I'll see you in there. Appreciate your listenership. And if you're not interested. If there's somebody that you know that, that you're like, you know what, this minute with Mark's stuff, I think Joe would really resonate with it. I think Catherine would really resonate with it. I think my, my 19-year-old college daughter would really resonate with it. If you would do me a favor and pass it over there, because we see every month people unleashed and beginning an entrepreneurial career from a $37 introductory price idea. So anyway, Empire1000.com, get me out of here.